<laughs> Good evening. We're ready to get started. Uh, we're going to be learning Masecha Sukkah Daf Chaf Beis, and as well part of Chaf Gimel Amud Aleph. Normally, we would learn the whole uh, Amud Aleph on a Thursday, but as you can see, the next Amud is particularly short on Chaf Gimel Amud Beis, and that will make Rishabas to be a regular length of Gemara. So tonight we'll go a drop shorter. Chafbez at the top. Chafbez uh, Medal. Special thank you to Ripsi for hosting and to your Robinson for putting all of this together. Thank you very much. Um, we will be having uh, Marv after this and the Schluss appearing from Rav Shmuel Brazil, uh, which is a tremendous cover. He's at Ari Shabbat's house now, and Ari's going to bring him, um, I presume, for Marv, uh, which is supposed to be around. Yeah, he's been ditching. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> This is recorded, by the way, Ari. I love you. Okay, let's get started. Dafchav Beis Aleph at the top of brand new Mishnah. The, the Mishnah writes, Sukkah HaMeduvleles, a word that we don't know and don't yet recognize. We'll learn about this in the Gemara. If you have a sukkah that's meduvleles, vi, and shetzil samiruba mechamsa, and it has more shade than it has sun, halacha is ksheira. So off the cuff, we have to ask ourselves the question of whether or not this is a reference to one sukkah or two different sukkahs. Is Meduvlelis one type of sukkah and Silsam Ruba Mechamsa a different type of sukkah? Or is it no, this is one sukkah with two features. We'll discuss that in the Gemara. We still don't know what Meduvlelis is. We'll get there soon. Hameuve from the word av, thick. Hameuve kimin bias. If a person has schach that is thick, like the schach of, like the roof of a house, even though it's the case that you are not able to see the stars, the halacha is that it is kosher. This is something that we have to look into. We remember from as little kids in school, we like to see the stars. And there's a famous fort that Sarah's extra name in the Torah was Yiska, Yiska Milashon Schach. And the godless of Sarah was that she was Sechacha, that she was able to cover herself in a way where her beauty would shine through a beautiful vort and sneas, that's chacha, yiska, sarah, that she dresses that way. Okay, very good. But anyways, that's what the Mishnah says here, is that it's considered to be totally kosher if you are not able to see the stars. Is there a maximum? What if it is those blackout shades? How far do we go? We'll discuss that in the Gemara a little bit later. So we had opened our Mishnah on Daf Chavbez with a sukkah hamiduvleles. What is that? My miduvleles. What is that? So says the Gemara, machloka samarim amar rav, sukkah aniyah. It is a poor man's sukkah. What does that mean? Says Rashi. Rashi, line five. Dibur Hamaschel Aniya. It's a poor sukkah. kanim me'at. There aren't a lot of uh, pieces of wood there. avir harbe. There are a lot of spaces that are open to the sky. Ella shlosha But in no place is there three tvachim that are totally open. As we know, there's a psul in the sukkah. If a sukkah has three tvachim of total open space, that is considered a psul in the sukkah, and that is a big halachic problem. So this sukkah is a sukkah aniyah. It doesn't have a lot of uh, a lot of schach, and there are some pockets in it, and uh, we still see that it's kosher. That's sukkah hameduvleles, according to Rab. Line five, the Shmuel Amar, no. Sukkah hameduvleles is a sukkah that is kana ole kana yore, where the wood beams are, are actually staggered in height. One of them is resting on the sukkah, the other is held up by posts and it's resting a little bit above. So you kind of have like, you know, like at tzach level, a little bit higher, a little bit lower, and they're not all on the same level. Some are of different heights. That's how Shmuel defines meduvleles. Uh, and then the Gemara is going to touch on a question that I foreshadowed a little bit, which is as to whether or not meduvleles and the second case of the Mishnah is Tzilsam Ruba Micham says this one case or two. Rav, says the Gemara, Rav Tani 
Chada, Bishmuel Tani Tarte. Rav says that our Mishnah is really only talking about one case. And Shmuel says there are different cases. Let's understand Rav. Rav Tani Chada, how does Rav understand our Mishnah? That Meduvleles and Silsim Ruba Mechamsa are only talking about one. It's very simple. Sukkah Meduvleles, like the Mishnah says, my Meduvleles, Medul Deles, that it's Dal, Dal from the Lashon of Pur, that, the, that it's very thin. And for as much as it's true that the Schach is sparse and not so dense, it's still the case, Shet Silsim Ruba Mechamsa, and therefore Kshera. So that's how Rav reads our Mishnah, is that we have a case of Meduvleles coupled with Tzilsim Ruba Mechamsa, and therefore the Sukkah is still Kshera. However, Vishmuel Tani Tarte, where eight lines down, Shmuel says, our Mishnah is dealing with two different cases. My Meduvleles, what is the uh, the word Meduvleles in our Mishnah? Like we saw, it's Mibulbeles, the Schach is all on different levels, like we said. The Tartek Tani, and really there's two cases. One is Sukkah Mibul Beles is Kshera. It's a little bit of a different word. He plays on the words here. The language in our Mishnah was Meduvleles. And here on the 10th, 11th line, he calls it Mibul Beles. So Sukkah Mibul Beles Kshera, that when the Schach is at slightly different levels and there may be pockets of light that can come in, we'll discuss that soon. That's a kosher Sukkah. And as well, unrelated to the first case, Vishetzilsam Ruba Micham Sukshera as well. And Amar Abaye, Abaye is trying to understand the sheet of Shmuel. Shmuel had said that the schach is at different levels, kind of staggered in height. So Amar Abaye, lo shanu, ela she'ein ben zela ze So what we're talking about over here is if you have schach, and uh, if you look uh, at an aerial view from above, it does cover the whole sukkah. But when you look from the side view, you see schach at different heights, and you have like pockets of light that can come in. So Amar Abaye, we need to understand Shmuel. That when you have schach that's at different heights, as long as they're within three tfachim of one another, the higher elements of the schach and the lower elements of the schach are within three tfachim, no problem. That, of course, triggers the, the halacha of labud, and it's all considered to be flat, like one roof. But if, in fact, the gap between the raised schach and the lower schach is three tfachim, if it's three plus, three or plus, then therefore that would be a sukkah psula. But rava, Rava takes a divergent approach on all of this. Amar Rava, a quarter of the way down. Even if there were more than three tfachim, the halacha is that it is still kosher. So we should have this instant question, how in the world could this still be kosher? You have schach that's sitting on top of the sukkah and you have schach that's five tfachim above it. It's being held up by a post. However, it's being held up, but it's five tfachim above. Why would that work? There's, you, there's no lavud. So we have to ask the halacha question of what are the mechanics to allow for this to work, to make everything combine and become kosher schach. So Amar Rava, he says, yeah, even if there's three tfachim uh, nami, it'll still be kosher. How does that work? Lo amran, elashein begago tefach. Where do we say that this actually works? It works if the schach, <laughs> if the schach has a width of at least one tefach. And this, of course, is part of the halachos of ohel, that we know that an ohel has a minimum halachos requirement of a tefach. If it doesn't have a tefach, it's not an ohel. If in fact it has that amount of uh, of width, if it's a tefach, kshera, why? We're going to learn a new idea now. Chavut rami. What is chavut rami? So chavut rami means like this. I have one piece of schach that's going across the length of my sukkah resting on top of the sukkah. I have another piece of schach that's above three tefachim, let's call it five tefachim, off of my sukkah. So the halacha is that if this piece of schach is at least a tefach wide, chavut rami, halachically, we assume that it drops down and they're perfectly level. Hmm. Okay. Oh it, 
as long as it's a minimum of a tefach, it's, it doesn't matter. Seemingly, there's no maximum, correct? Well, there, well, there is a maximum, maximum of four tefachim on the right, other side. Yeah, right, that's true, because right, we learned about that. Right, or four right. amos, depending on what, what sukkah psula is. So on this height, there seems to be, a, it's a total drop down. But even though in, in Metzias, like if you ask and take pictures it's, from the side, it's going to look like this. But halachically, we treat them as shavah b'shavah that they're totally schach. Why is it fucking limiting? You just said if you have no because schach psula because schach psula is it's not psula because if it's an amma if it's an amma that's schach is either machlokas we saw this right but it's either four tefachim or four amos but either way let's assume four amos it's usually what we assume anyways four four tefachim is one tefach plank so don't look at the one tefach plank. It could be if you have sequential one tap yeah. planks, that's a kosher sukkah. But what Hirsch is saying is that you can't take a 10 foot piece of plywood, 10 oh, feet by 10 feet, yeah, and yeah, drop it down on the sukkah. That won't work. Any one board has a maximum width of four tefachim. But if you have the, this big height, yeah. the, you wind up with the palm consummation. We're gonna, the Gemara is going to ask your question. Exactly that question. That's right. So the Gemara says, Chavud Rami, that according to Rava, the reason why we don't need to be concerned about a gap of more than three. What happened to Lavud? We don't need Lavud because Chavut Rami. As long as this is one tefach wide, it can drop down. And halachically, at least, it's the halachic, the mechanism that makes this work is Chavut Rami. So that's what the Gemara says. And Amar Rava, Mino Aminola. How, from where <coughs> am I telling you this idea? <coughs> that when one piece does have a tefach, that's when we say Chavud Rami. But where we don't have the upper piece of wood with one tefach wide, we don't say Chavud Rami. Let's ask the question more simply. How do we know that Chavud Rami works with a board that's one tefach wide? So it says the Gemara, it's not. And here we're going to get into a little bit of construction. So if you ever do construction, they're first going to build out the wood frame. Uh, and then they're going to start doing the other stuff, right? So let's say they're building two floors of wood frames. And the rafters of floor number one are aligned with the rafters of floor number two, each of which are tefach wide. And that's not how our homes are built. Usually the two by fours are standing, I think, when they yeah, do that. Yeah. They're standing yeah, on the other way. Tefach is four inches. Yeah. yeah, it could be for the widest. Uh, could be, right? <laughs> in my house, they didn't build the house as nicely as that. That's uh, the, the ones in our house that went across. They were regular two by fours or two by eight, whatever they were, but they were standing on their side. Let's assume that they were at tefach wide. That's the presumption of this Mishnah. We're just about halfway down. The Mishnah writes, Koros habayis, the beams of a house, and the floor that's above it. They have yet to have the drywall put on, or back in the day, whatever the lime that they were using. Lime? I think it was plaster. So plaster, asbestos. Yeah. yeah. Let's just start with the cancerous stuff. Straight to the carcinogens. Yeah. So they uh, They're not finished yet. It's just open. It's the open wood frame. The hain mechuvanos. This is a very important word. The the rafters on the bottom floor are mechuvan to the rafters on the top floor. And what we're going to be looking at is how does Tuma move around in this house where there's no ceiling yet other than the rafters, one tefach each. One tefach is enough for Ohel. So if there's a mace under one of those rafters, what happens to the second floor, right? So that's what the, our, our first part of the Mishnah is Behein Mechuvanos. So now that it says Behein Mechuvanos, that the rafters on the first floor and the rafters on the second floor are perfectly aligned when it comes to the height. So it says the Gemara, Tuma tachas achas mehen If on the first floor, under one of the beams on the first floor, there's tuma, it doesn't go up any further because it has an ohel above it. So therefore, the second floor is safe. 
However, if it's between the first floor and the second floor, then and if it's on top of the first floor, at the floor of the second floor, um, then Kinegda Adlerakia Tame, that's going to be its own problem. So then, th- therefore, we see that if the wood is aligned on the first floor and the second floor, so that because, let's say that I'm on my third beam on the house, so one, two, three, I'm on my third beam of the roof of my first floor, okay? And that's the first floor. And on the second floor is the beam, the same exact beam, one right above the other. So if there's Tuma here, this Ohel stops the Tuma and the, everything up, up there is fine. If it's in between the two posts, so then the tomb is Ola Adla Rakia because there's nothing to stop it. There's no Oha. If it's above the first floor, so now the, the tomb is here on top of the first beam, then it's only going to stop at the second beam on the second floor because they're Mechuvanos. These beams are all together. But now the Mishnah pivots direction here and says, what if they're not aligned? And the Mishnah says, Hayu Ha'el Yonos Kebein HaTachtonos. What if the upper rafters were in their up-down uh, landscape were in between the lower rafters. So these are my lower rafters, right? And then on the next floor, it's uh, they're, they're staggered. It's like the way you make bricks, right? So they're staggered. So right above, immediately above the first floor rafter is nothing, it's just sky, At, right? It, because there's the second floor doesn't align. So you have, let's say, for the bottom floor, you have every 16 inches, you have a piece of wood and it starts at zero, 16 inches and 32. But on the second floor, it starts at eight inches, 24 inches, right? It's, it's staggered. So now the beams don't align. That's this case of if you have the upper uh, rafters in between the lower rafters, so then that means that if on the bottom floor you have tuma, then the entire house is going to be tummy. This is an example of Chavut Rami, because here's what's happening. Really, if you look at a snapshot of just the high, just in one cut, you'll see the lower one is right here at 16 inches, and this one's at 24 inches, and, and we just said the whole the whole thing is tummy. That's because of Chavut Rami, halachically speaking. That's what this Mishnah is implying very strongly here, um, that Tachtei, is that right? Tachtei and Tachas Kulan Tame. Al Gabehen, had it been that uh, the tuma was on top of one of the rafters. Well, there's nothing above it. So connecta adlerakia tame. Everything is going to be tame in that case, uh, straight above it. So airplane, whatever the case is, you fly above it. You're in a parachute. You're tame mace, right? Whatever the tuma is, it's ola adlerakia because if it's sitting on the rafter of the first floor and the rafters of the second floor are specifically misaligned, then the tuma goes straight up. There's no ohel to stop it. So this is a mishnah that speaks about the idea that. Um, that Chavud Rami, that we know that the upper rafters can be lowered. And we also know that it's only one tefach. And that's where Rava came up with his idea. So let's finish the Gemara's argument here. The Tani Allah, and we have a Brisa on this Mishnah that reads as follows. That's when you have a tefach and it has a space to fall into. That's also a tefach. If there isn't a tefach between them, so then it's not, the tuma is not going to stay there. Then the, the Chavit Rami doesn't work. If the Chavit is not a tefach, then, then it doesn't work. Then the tuma that's under the lower one will only affect the lower one and not the There's no Chavit Rami when it's less than a tefach. So then the Gemara says its point. And if it's in between them, then it's going to be totally tahor if the wood is less than a tefach on the second floor. Alma. And this is the point of all of this very long Mishnah with its two parts. Alma, 10 lines from the bottom. When the boards that we're discussing have a tefach in width, 
That's when we say Chavud Rami, that they halachically drop down to be level with the rest of the Schach. And when they are thinner than that, this supports the idea of Rava. Let's go back to where we started so that we have some clarity. There is a machloka that says when we have Shmuel's case in the Mishnah of Schach that's separated from one another, they're alternating in their height. So the first shita was of the opinion that they have to be within three tzvachim shmuels. And Rava says, no, they could even be more than three tzvachim. How? Chavut Rami. As long as it's a tefach, it could be Chavut Rami. But the Gemara questions all of this. We're eight, nine lines from the bottom. Yossi Rav Kahana v'ka'amar l'hashmaisa. Rav Kahana was sitting and talking and learning, and he quoted this shita of Rava. Rashi here says specifically, he was talking about the din of Rava, that Chavut Rami applies specifically when the wood that's in discussion is at least a tefach wide. But the Gemara says, I can bring you a Raya Brura, that that's not correct. Amr le Ravashi le Rav Kahana. Ravashi says to Rav Kahana, The wood has to be a tefach? I can show you a case where it will not be a tefach and it'll still be Chavod Rami. What is that case scenario? So it says the Gemara as follows. Tanya, five lines from the bottom. Now we're going to go back to the world of Eruvin. Uh, we learned this many, many blot ago. You have a kore, a beam. You're trying to be machshir walking in a mavui. So you take a piece of wood and you extend it. And let's say these are your doorways. And you've taken a piece of wood. This pen could be the piece of wood. It doesn't quite reach the other side. This would be the matir. This wood would be the kore. It would be the matir. So it says the Gemara, if the kore is yotzimi koselzev, it ain't no gas koselzev. It doesn't quite reach. And similarly, a case where you have um, you have two boards, one coming out of the right side, one coming out of the left side, and they don't quite reach. And they don't quite reach each other. In both of these cases, the halacha is the same. If the gap between the two pieces of wood extending from the opening of the mavui are within three tfachim, so then, and we don't need any more wood. The halacha is, it's lavud, and lavud basically connects everything, and you're good to go. But if the gap uh, between the one piece of wood and the other side of the wall, or the two pieces of wood that are not quite uh, meeting in the middle, if that gap is three or more, then that's part one of the Mishnah, not really relevant to our argument. We'll get to our argument soon enough. What's very interesting over here is something that we did learn about in Maseches Erevin is that we are so familiar with speaking about Lavud in terms of it being only three Tfachim. However, there is a sheet in the Tanaim that Lavud is four Tfachim. We saw this in Maseches Erevin and Maseches Shabbos. Repeated here the very last few words on Chaf Be'ez and Medalet, Reb Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, that it's not three, but rather, Pachos me Arba in Tzarech Lahavi Korachers, but Arba Tzarech Lahavi Korachers. He holds that Lavud has a din, that Lavud has a din of four Tfachim and not three. That would literally undo like probably five pages of this Masechta, most of Masechus Erevin and a quarter of Masechus Shabbos. Lavud is all over Shas. And this is a fundamental machlokas. And we seem to almost blanketly ignore the sheet of Reb Shimon, uh, of Reb Shimon ben Gamliel. They, no one speaks about it in halachic terms. Like when you, whenever you look in the Shulchan Aruch, nobody really talks about it. By and large, we only look at this sheet. Let's continue this, Brisa, because we have yet to get to our question. Bechain, similarly, three lines down, Chav Beis and Amid Beis. Hamas Imos, you have two matching pieces of wood. Um, one, not any one of them is strong enough to hold a brick. They're, they're very thin boards, right? They're very thin. So if it's width when the two of them are together as a tefach and then it can hold a brick. So then then that's considered to be sufficient. These two pieces of wood are able to hold 
they're a tefach wide together. Beim lav, if that's not the case, then sarach lavi korachheres. What does Reb Shimon ben Gamliel omer? Reb Shimon ben Gamliel says instead of putting them uh, to the width of those pieces, the wood Rashbag omer imekavlos ariach leorko shloshat tefachim that is able to take a, a brick that's three tefachim going lengthwise. So then ein sarach lavi korachheres beim lav sarach lavi korachheres. So that's a machlokas and how to test these two thinner pieces of wood. Okay, now here's where we come in with Chavit Rami. All of this was just the precursor. Now we already can see the relevance of Chavit Rami. You have one piece of wood that's a little bit higher and one piece of wood that's a little bit lower. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rowan Ha'el Yona Ki'ilu Hilimata, Ve'esa Tachtona Ki'ilu Hilimala, we see that these two pieces of wood, neither of which are a tefach wide, only together are they a tefach wide, but when they're far apart from one another, even to the height of 19 amos and down to 10 tefachim, we treat them as though they're level. But that's a big problem because Rava was of the opinion that Chavit Rami, that leveling them out only works when there's a tefach. But this case was only that they're a tefach when they're together. And now they're separated and you're saying Chavit Rami. That's a kasha on Rava because Rava said that Chavit Rami requires a tefach. This case clearly says that Chavit Rami does not require a tefach. Let's see, here, see the Gemara's articulation of the question. And the Gemara says, Hazev Zev Esrim, both of them are within the height of the sukkah. Amrinan Chavut Rami. We do say that we bring the two of them in height together. Amrinan Chavut Rami. Afal Gavdulespe Tefach. Even though the wood themselves, each piece of wood is not a tefach, Kashan Rava. So how could Rava say tefach if it doesn't seem to be the case? It doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter. So it says the Gemara as follows: a third of the way down, Kaf Bey Zamid Bey. So what's Rava's opinion? Rava says that. That he that when we say chavit rami that a board above is treated halachically that it's as if it's at, at the level of the sukkah it has to be at least a tefach wide, but this brisa which is before him it's tonight this brisa says not like him this brisa shows half that half and half, half, and half. exactly half. exactly well you're that would be a, a that would be a svara for an answer is to combine the two, but that's not what the gemara said the gemara says really <laughs> maybe we can say as follows. Maybe here we use Lavud. And this is kind of what you're hinting to, is that if there is Lavud between the two, that the, the two boards are within Lavud, even though Rava doesn't care about Lavud in general when it comes to Chabad Rami. We saw that on the previous page. Because that was, we said, the Schach has to be within three. Rava says, no, we don't. Even within five, 10, 15, no problem. Chabad Rami, because it's a Tefach. But when it's not a Tefach, then we need Lavud. That's how that's how Rava would explain this case, and that's answer number one. Inami, another answer. This just the reverse in its heights. Inami The lower one can't be under the ten tefach mark. Same answer again, just uh, focusing on the height of the sukkah versus on the highest point of the sukkah or the lowest point of the sukkah. But once we have a gap of at least three between the two pieces of wood, and now we have, we have a very clear understanding of Rava, which is that when we are talking about Chavit Rami, the din that, uh, that a, a plank can be halachically, halachically lowered, not physically lowered, that's only true under two circumstances. Either the board is a tefach, but it can even be more than three tefachim high apart because Chabad Rami applies even above three tefachim. Or if they're thinner, they're only, let's say, half of a tefach each, then they need to be lavud. And then we say Chabad Rami, even if it's less than a tefach, then it all works out. Beautiful. 
That brings us to the two dots. We are two thirds of the way down Chav Beis Amid Beis. We're going to go until just about halfway down on the page of Chav Kemal Amid Aleph. Let's continue. Says the Gemara, we said in our Mishnah that if you have a sukkah where the shade is greater than the sun, the halacha is that it's kshera. What's the implication of that? Is that uh, as long as it's 51% shade, you're good to go. But ki hadade, what if it's 50-50? Literally 50-50. You measure. You have a sukkah that's you know six amos wide. It's exactly three and three shade and light at the height of the sukkah, what do you do? So then the Gemara says, it seems to imply ha But that doesn't work because we learned in another parak that the opposite phrase, our Mishnah says, what did it say earlier in the Masechta? But when there's more sun, we said psula, what does that imply? It implies 50-50 would work, opposite implications. And then the Gemara, this is where a little bit of abstract thinking comes into play, says the Gemara, this is not a difficulty. These two quotes in the Mishnayis can be worked out beautifully. Kan milimala, kan milimata. What is this talking about? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi is just to our left, a few lines down. Dibur Hamaschel, kan milimala, kan milimata. Says the Gemara, When we inferred from our Mishnah, which says that Mechamsa is Ksheira, and we implied that if it's therefore 50-50, it should be Psula. So that's Lemala. That's up there by the top of the Sukkah. If at the top of the Sukkah, it is exactly 50-50, so then the light at the ground is going to be greater than 50-50. Because when light comes in, it's mispashated. It, it widens, uh, kind of like a flashlight. If you have a, a ray of light, it will widen in front of you. So if you have, let's say, a, a one tefach opening in your Sukkah, and the sun's coming down, it will be much wider than one tefach on the ground. So that's what the Gemara says. It's not a stira. At the top of the sukkah, if it's exactly 50-50, so that's a big problem. But if at the bottom of the sukkah it's 50-50, what does that tell you about the schach? Much tighter, much tighter. What is not discussed here? If the schach is between those two measurements. That's not discussed in the Gemara. We need Rishonim for that, which is to say, what if it's 55% at the top, but 35% on the ground? That's not discussed here. We're, we're discussing only two extremes. The schach is exactly 50-50, and therefore puzzled, because on the ground it's 80%, right? Or 100%. The light can overlap from each. could be a lot. And the other case that's discussed is when the ground is 50-50. But in between those two, we don't have any dialogue in the Gemara so far. We don't know the answer to that question. But that was a question that you were asking. What? What would be the question? The question would be is let's say on the top is let's say on the top is 51%. We don't we didn't discuss that. It's still some Ruben Lechamsa, but on the ground you still have yeah, yeah. So it's not discussed. It's implied from the Gemara that it's mutter, but the rationale that the Gemara is giving Halamal and Halamata implies that we really care in measurement about what's on the ground. But that's very that's not that's not the shot in the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't do that. The Gemara just says if it's 51% of, of shade, you're good. But that doesn't make sense because the difference between 51% shade at the top level and 50% at the top level is negligible at the bottom. There's way more light than, than, than shade on the ground. So that's not discussed but here in the group. Is there anything that's discussed about like at different times? Of like, the day? Yeah, because at 8 o'clock oh. in the morning. Yeah, the sun's never peering in. The sun's never peering in at eight o'clock in the morning. Right. That's for, but that's not relevant. It, we're, this is a theoretical conversation because even if it's cloudy, you still have a mitzvah and sukkah, right? It's not that well, we need the sun to peer. Huh? But I'm having what no, yeah, is. okay. You need the answer to the question, but it doesn't mean that the, that the, that you can't be yotze sukkah if it's cloudy out or if the sun is below the height of your sukkah. You're still yotze. We need it to be theoretically possible that sun could peer through your schach. 
we'll see that a little bit more in a minute. But that is that is what the Gemara is talking about here. We don't we don't care where the sun is. You can be yote even if the sun is below the height of your sukkah, not shining it at all. It's cloudy. Doesn't make a difference. The first night of sukkah, it's dark out, <laughs> and we still we fulfill the mitzvah deraisa tesvav tesvav. Some people eat matzah in the sukkah, all, all, all the shtiklach. So that's I don't know if it's shtik. It might be really it might be really halachic. I'm just saying. I don't know what it is. I don't. Can I delete the last 10 seconds? <laughs> so, says, so says the Gemara, says the Gemara, and, and we, they actually have a catchphrase like this, Amar of Papa, like the coin of a zuz at the top, it widens out to a larger coin at the bottom, just indicating, of course, that, that light spreads. Let's keep going. We said that if the roof is thick like that of a house, there's a brisa that aligns with our Mishnah, that if in fact the schach is thick like it would be in a house, even though when you're in the sukkah, you can't see any stars, so ksheira. So says the Gemara, what about Ein Kochvechama Nirin Mitocha? What about the rays of the sun? Much, much brighter. You really did a good job on your schach. You didn't put up two bamboo sheets. You put up 20 bamboo sheets and no light can get in. It's perfectly dark. So says the Gemara, that's a machlokas, beis shamay, beis hillel. Beis shamay poslin, uveis hillel, machshirin. Okay, there's a lumdus behind that as well. Let's continue. The new Mishnah opens six, seven lines from the bottom, chaf beis and beis. A little bit more to go. Haosesukaso berosh, berosh haagala. If a person were to make a, uh, a sukkah berosh haagala, on the top of a cart, or on a boat, that's mutter. What a strange language. What do you mean by olin la Of course you're olin la To the sukkah or to the boat? To the sukkah. So said, the Gemara assumes you're already on the boat, or one of that, because right, that may be its own problem. We assume that there's two things at play here. One is, it, one is the following. Is the sukkah halachically kosher? Question mark. And number two is, can I access it on Shabbos and Yotif? So yes, in the, in the ratio of our Mishnah, when it comes to an Agala, when it comes to a Sfina, not only is a Sukkah kosher, but it's mutter to access. What's the contrast point? Things which are not mutter to access. Says the Mishnah, Birosha Ilan, what if you build it in a, your, a Givaldic treehouse and you removed all of the branches from above you so that you don't have any schach mechubar, it's a perfect Sukkah, but it's climbing a tree, which you're not allowed to do. So Birosha Ilan or Gabe Gamal, or to ride an animal, which is also not allowed on Shabbos because we're afraid that you may break off a stick. I think that's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that you break off the stick and you might hit the animal. So we don't ride animals. So the halach is ksheira, the sukkah is kosher, but it's only good for cholamoid. The ain't olam la you're just not allowed to access it. It's nisr derabanan. We have a lot of isurei derabanan that undo dina deoraisa, like shofar on Shabbos by Rosh Hashanah. A lot of a lot of halachos like that. So here too, if you built your sukkah in a place that has an isur derabanan to access, so you're done for. You can't use that. You can't fulfill the mitzvah on yontif itself only during cholamoid. The Mishnah continues. What if two of the walls, Stein be Ilan, two of the walls are made of tree, and one wall is made by man, or maybe even two walls are made by man, and one of them is made by a tree. Still, the halacha is a sukkah's kosher, but still, we first need three. Until all three halachic walls are built by man and rooted on the ground, done. You cannot climb that tree. You have to find a way to use the sukkah without it, without the tree being a part of it, because you can't climb a tree. Shalosh be the adam. What if you have three halachic walls that were made by man and they're they're connected to the ground? You're able to enter the sukkah from there without climbing the tree. But achas be ilan. And the fourth wall, which we now know is an extraneous wall because of how we paskin in halacha of only two walls and a tefach. So then that's ksheira ve olim la biyomto. Zeh turning to the top of chav gimel amenalef. Kol shenital ha'ilan. 
v'yachola la'amod bifne atzma k'shera. The halacha is that the way we need to look at trees, the way we need to look at sukkahs, excuse me, that have trees as part of their construction, is that if the tree were to be removed, would it still be standing? So that's why we, that's why the Mishnah said we need three walls that are man-made without that last wall. If you remove the tree, then we circumvented all of the problems. Why would you need three over there when every place else you just need two in a tefah? You are, are you, that third wall can be a tefah. That's what three means. Okay. Three means two in a tefah, yeah. Money must nisin, three lines down, who's the author of our Mishnah? It must be Rebbe Akiva. What did Rebbe Akiva say? We're going to see in a moment, but which din of our Mishnah we're talking about, you'll see we're talking about the boat. What did it say in the, in the beginning of our Mishnah? He said that if you build a sukkah on a boat, not only is the sukkah kosher, but you can go in it on Yantiv. Story time. Rabbi Akiva, he detanya the Bryce writes, Osa Sukasa Broshasvina, that if you make a sukkah on top of a boat, Rabbi Gamliel posts over Rabbi Akiva Machshir. That's Rabbi Akiva's our Mishnah. He says that you're allowed to build it in our Mishnah. He says that that's Mutter, and you can be Ola even on Yom Tov. Maisa, the story goes, but Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Akiva, Shayboim Besvina, they were traveling by boat. They didn't get back in time. They had to build a sukkah where they were. So they had prepared. They had, you know, their pop-up sukkah, and they were throwing some schach up on top of the boat. Omar Rabbi Akiva, Vaasa Sukkah Broshasvina. Because that's how he paskins. He paskins that it's mutter to build a sukkah on a boat. And you can even be Ola B'yomtov, no problem. Lemachar, the next day, Nashba Ruach Be'akarta. A gust of wind came by and says bye-bye to the sukkah, blows it overboard, and the whole sukkah is gone. Omar lo Rabban Gamliel, a little tongue-in-cheek, Akiba, hechan sukkascha. Where'd your sukkah go? Where'd your sukkah go? Now, this wasn't just a banter. This was his position. He held that that doesn't work. And this was a little siyata dishmaya. And he says, the Kodesh Baruch who told you, Rabbi Akiva, that your sukkah is a zero. You know how I know? Because he tossed it overboard. Goodbye. Your sukkah is not kosher. So that was this uh, little rhetorical line of Rabban Gamliel. Because as we saw right at the open of this Gemara in the Bray, said that Rabban Gamliel is posel. You're not allowed to build a sukkah on a sfina. So says the Gemara, Amar Abai, just one second. Abai, Anamora, coming far after this conversation. But Abai is qualifying the discussion. Dekule, Alma, everyone agrees. That if a sukkah is not able to withstand a ruach mitsuya, a regular type of, of wind, whatever it is, 20 miles an hour, whatever is considered a regular uh, speed for a wind, if it cannot handle that diabasha on dry land, lo klumhi, that's not considered a sukkah. Okay, if it's able to withstand a very strong wind on dry land, that's Pasha. We're obviously talking about an in-between category because that was Rabban Gamliel's whole concern is that the sukkah is not kavua enough. Where is the machlokes? In the opening of our Gemara, where the Bryce is quoted between Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Akiva, where, yes, the cases where it, the, the sukkah that's being built is able to withstand a normal wind on dry land, and it's not able to handle that strong, strong wind on the ground. So it's kind of like an in-between category. Rabban Gamliel savar sukkah diras Rabban Gamliel is of the opinion that a sukkah needs to have a certain kvias. And because it's not able to tolerate the wind 
of the aruach metuya of the water, so lo klumhi, because on location where you are right now, doesn't that just doesn't work? That same wind on the ground, okay, that's rechshein metuya, but you're on the water now. So do we say that the standard of strength of the sukkah is relative to the to yavasha objectively, even if you're over there in the water, or do we say that no, when you're in the water, you gotta still you gotta build it the right way for the water? So that's a machlokes, and therefore lo klumhi. Rabbi Akiva Savar, Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion sukkah dirasarai boinon sukkah is just a dirasarai. We don't need it to be a heavy, a heavy kvias. And since it is able to withstand that ruch on the ground, we don't need more, more of a kvias than that. Therefore, kshera, the sukkah, would be kosher. We'll stop right here, halfway down, chav gimel amid aleph. We'll pick up on Shabbos one hour before mincha. We'll learn chav gimel, the rest of chav gimel amid aleph, chav gimel amid beis, and chav dalet. Wishing you all a beautiful night.